0: Hey, um, as Andrew said earlier, my name is Aiden. Uh, I'm an associate pastor at the State College Alliance Church. If you haven't been there, you should come join us sometime. And they said, hey, there's rides available. That's awesome. Uh, we love to build that connection from what we call like the mother church or the home church that, that uh, has sent out uh, Dan and Nicole here on campus. It's so awesome uh, to be with you today. Uh, so a little bit about myself. Uh, yeah, as Andrew mentioned I, I did serve as a volunteer with ACF, but it was about a decade ago. So that means you were probably around 10 or 11 or 9 or something like that. So <laughs> when you were back in like middle school, I was here uh, for a year. My wife, she actually was a, a graduate here at Penn State. She was connected with ACF uh, and attended here. She actually went on a couple mission trips uh, down to Peru. Um, and I was talking with Dan about that. He's like, yeah, maybe some of the folks here didn't, didn't realize that ACF was an integral part of starting an orphanage down in Peru, and it was really, a, uh, we've both been there a couple times, uh, just ministering to the people, just seeing what God's doing in Peru, and that was a, a big step of uh, a way that God worked in my wife's heart, Emily, uh, was just seeing the Spirit move down in, in Peru. And then we were here volunteering for a year, I actually led a trip to a different place in Peru of ACF students. And then God called us to Williamsport, where we were uh, up in Williamsport for about nine years as part of a church plant. And another piece of, of history that you might not know, that, that actually there have been several churches that have been planted out from Uh, members here are students from Alliance Christian Fellowship, and we were part of one of those church plants uh, up in Williamsport called uh, City Alliance Church. So the the lead pastor there, Spencer Sweeting, was uh, a student here, led worship here, ACF. About half of the core team that planted that church were Penn State grads. I was not one of them. So so, uh, I've been adopted into the Penn State family. When we were getting married, my wife said, Okay, well, you didn't go to Penn State, but... uh, I guess I can forgive you of that. So she's very, very gracious. But I went to Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Uh, so I was out there, uh, studied music education, taught in the school districts for a while. Hey, did anybody, anybody go g- live, grow up here in State College, and go to anybody go to Eastley Parkway or Coral Street Elementary? No, okay, I could have taught you in elementary school, Uh, because I taught elementary music for uh, about, I don't know, seven or eight years, Uh, but then, yeah, we moved up to Williamsport, and then we came back, and uh, so now we're here, and um, yeah, excited to to speak today on James chapter 5, verses 7 to 12, and this is all part of that series, um, Faith That Works, And uh, as I was listening through Pastor Dan's messages to kind of prepare, I love that, that two ways that that phrase can go. There's like that outward expression of faith, faith that does something, faith that that actually works and does things. But then there's also the inward expression of a faith that actually, it works, you know, it's a faith that's real. It's a faith that that you can hold, kind of like you can sink your teeth into it or you can, you know, uh, that it's a real faith. Maybe you don't really sink your teeth into faith. I, I don't know. That one didn't work. All right, roll with me here. All right, so today, as the, the last message in that series, this is called A Faith That Leans In. All right, and, and, and the heading in the Bible uh, in James chapter 5, I'm going to have Andrew come up in just a minute to read this, but the heading in this is that uh, it's called Patience in Suffering. You know, when, when stuff is not going the way you think it should or you want it to, you know, even these trials that James talked about in the beginning of, of James 1, he says, when you face trials of, of many kinds, right? So what is this faith, this patience in suffering? And, and to me, it was this faith that really, it leans in towards God instead of stepping back, you know, because we always have these opportunities in, in everyday moments of our lives of like, are we going to lean in or are we going to step back? You know, I even see this, you know, if you watch the football game or maybe doing concession stands, but you see there's like, like the, the, the running back, I don't know football, maybe he wasn't a running back, but I'm going to call him a running back. So he gets the ball, he breaks away from the pack, and this running back, if that's what he really was, he starts going down the field, and the, and the, the defense was like coming up right behind him, and you lean in, you're like, there's this uncertainty. Is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? Are they going to tackle him? You lean in, and he scores a touchdown. He's like, ah, oh. Or maybe there's an interception, and what do you do? You know, it's like, oh, you kind of step back. Like, come on, guys. There's all these different ways. You know, it's in sports, but also it's with relationships, too. You know, I think about um, my wife and, and, and the first time that we kissed, right? Has anybody ever seen the movie Hitch? It's from like the 2000s. May a couple of you hitch. So he had this rule. This guy's guy, like a hitch. Uh, Will Smith was teaching this other guy about how, how do you actually like, how do you dance? How do you date a, a woman? And he's like, okay, so whenever you're standing at the door after the first date, she, she kind of jingles her keys. And he's like, you know, this is where she's waiting for, for you to kiss her. And like, you go 90, you lean in, she goes 10 right? You go 90, she goes 10. So like, So, okay, we'll practice, right? So, this, this guy like, leans in, and he just, like, plants one on Will Smith. He's like, whoa! You lean in, and you hope that the other leans in and doesn't step back. I'm like, whoa, I'm like, no, not ready for this, right? But the same is true with God. We, have, we don't go 90 and 10, okay. <laughs> you go 90, he goes 10, Right? Well, sort of like roll with me here, Um, so that we have this opportunity of like in these trials and are we leaning in towards him in the midst of 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 challenge, in the midst of uncertainty? Are we going to lean in, or are we going to step back and say, "All right, God, I I I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing here. I'm just I'm out." So. Today, why don't we have Andrew, why don't you come on up and we're going to read uh, James chapter 5, verses 7 through 12. Be up on the screen. uh, If you've got a phone or Bible, pull that out as well.
1: Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient, establish your hearts For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation.
0: All right. Thank you. So, I mean, here's, here's the bottom line for today, is that God's heart for you is that you would lean in, that you'd lean in and move towards him in times of uncertainty, you know, and I think God's Word has something uh, to say to us today about what do we do in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of trials. All right, so let's take this kind of uh, point by point uh, through here, starting right in verse 7 where it says, be patient. And that's the first point for this morning. It says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Basically, until Jesus comes back, James is saying, you're going to have to practice patience, you know, until Jesus comes back and makes everything right in the world, everything that's wrong, until he comes and until he heals everything completely, we're going to be living in this middle time where there is still brokenness, there are still challenges, Satan is still free to roam around, until Jesus comes back and he, he casts him into, into the fiery pit, until that time, we're going to have trials. And so what's he telling us to do that? In the midst of that, we're going to have to be patient, okay? So, uh, and, and you know this, are we very patient people? We live in a culture that is not very patient, right? I think of, like, um, traffic, you know? It's a football weekend. You try and drive down Atherton, and it's like, oh, right, there's a football game, and it's, like, 2 o'clock, and I, it takes an hour to go what normally takes five minutes and I'm sitting there. And then you get to them. If you're coming from like North Atherton, it's like, there's not even like, I'm in it. I can't turn off because none of these roads connect anywhere. And you're just stuck in the traffic, right? And it's like, oh, I've got things to do. Or like, how many of you guys in the grocery store? You know, you're looking at all the lines and you're like, okay, that counting how many items they have in their carts. Why? Because I want to go on the line that's going to get me done the fastest so I can get out the door. Like, okay, maybe I'm going to do the self-checkout. And then like, oh, who is the person at the self-checkout with like 500 things in their cart? That's not what self-checkout is for. So we're anything but patient. But James is calling us to practice this patience, particularly in the midst of if there's, if there's things in your life that you're not uncertain about. Even, even you know, um, before the service this morning, as uh, Maggie was sharing and a little bit of prayer time, just saying, you know, kind of like we're, we're in this in-between, like, you're, okay, the semester is mostly done, but you're not there yet. <laughs> And there's that temptation in the midst of like, okay, I, I, I got to make this push through the end and I'm just not sure if I'm going to make it. And what's the temptation? It's like, you know what, I'm just going to check out. When God says, no, I want you to lean in. Yeah, there's going to be, there's a little bit of time to get through and in the midst of this, to practice this, this patience. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, I, here's what I think faith-filled patience is, is choosing to trust God, to lean in, to move towards Him, when everything in our heart is screaming to God, like, where are you? Or everything in our heart is like, I just want to be done with this. But it's to pause and to actually to stop and to trust God. It's choosing to surrender to Him the things that are out of control of our lives and to put those firmly in God's hands. Um, um, James says it like like a farmer. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early rains and the late rains. Just like that farmer, he knows that the fruit will ripen over time if he just waits. So how do we do this? How do we do this? So to have a faith that leans in towards God, we have to choose to stop and loosen our grasp on the things that are weighing us down. Uh, another a verse that kind of has taught me how to do this, and this has come through the work of uh, a, an author named John Eldridge. Uh, he's written some books a while ago. kind of started out with Wild at Heart, um, but then he's written some books called, um, what's the most recent one? Resilient. And, uh, and part of that is this one-minute pause that we're in the midst of it. it it's just a matter of, like, taking... A break and just pausing and the first part of it uses first uh, Peter 5 7 where it says cast your anxieties on Jesus because he cares for you and uh, what this is called is this benevolent detachment where we're saying okay I'm gonna actually take the things that are stressing me out and I'm gonna I'm gonna actually say to Jesus all right I'm gonna give this to you because this is out of my control I'm gonna cast my burdens on Jesus, because he cares for you. And so the words that John Eldridge uses, says, he says this. He says, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. And maybe even some of our hearts today were like, I don't even know what it is that's, that, that I'm anxious about. I just have this underlying anxious. And so even um, he said, Jesus, you know, what do I need to let go of today? And I think this is a very, like, this is a concrete way of practicing patience. is coming before Jesus and saying, like, hey, what do I need to let go of? And then just saying that to yourself, Jesus, I give this to you. So I was thinking, all right, we're all here today. Uh, anybody have anything in their life that is a little uncertain or something that's, like, giving you anxiety? Anybody? Maybe a little bit around the room? Okay. All right. So what if we just, like, took a break right now and I'm for, for just, like, 30 seconds... You can keep your eyes open, you can close them or whatever, and let's just say that prayer to Jesus and say, Jesus, what do I need to let go of today? You don't have to say it out loud. Maybe I'll just say it for you. Okay, Jesus, would you bring to mind right now something causing anxiety or something that I'm uncertain about? Would you just bring that to mind? And then in your mind, would would you just say this to Jesus? Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. And maybe that that, that specific thing, if there's something that the Spirit brought to mind, would you say, Jesus, I give this situation, or I give this, to you. And just take a deep breath, and just pause, and breathe deeply, and let it out. Say, Jesus, we give everything and everyone to you. And this is just a moment of practicing that benevolent detachment of saying there are things in our lives that are completely out of our control that we are not meant to carry. And Jesus says, look, I want to carry that burden for you. Would you just cast your burden on me? Jesus says, because he loves you. So this is the first step that I see here James 5. When we're facing trials, when we're facing suffering, take a moment. Cast your burdens on him. Now, let's keep going. Verse 8, he says, you also be patient. And then he says this, he says, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord. So, so first, we were patient until Jesus comes. And now he's saying, okay, you also need to establish your heart for the coming of the Lord. Is that hand? Like, Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Is your heart established? And so this is the second point, all right? So as as we are leaning in, we can lean in through that, casting our our burdens, being patient by waiting. We can also lean in and have a faith that leans in by establishing our heart. And I really think that this is establishing it in the love God. Of Christ okay it's like where do you find your footing you know what do you what do you if we would take a moment to evaluate like what, what is my life established in you, you know I, th- I think of like people who are married and they say you know they have these signs it's like this marriage established in whatever year they were married you know what, what am I really establishing or a business that's established established in whatever when they when they started it like what is establishing your heart like what is the foundation and I think we kind of have a, two options, really. You can establish yourself in things of this world that are temporary, or you can establish yourself in Christ. These things of the world that will just, like, fade away and just kind of leave you hanging, or there's Jesus who is eternal. So James is saying, look, when, you, when we're practicing this patience, when we're leaning in, we have to establish our hearts in Jesus, right? Right? So um, the scripture that comes to mind um, that God's been put in my heart for this is Ephesians 3. Let me read these words for you from Ephesians 3. This is verse 16 through 19 where, where Paul writes and he says, According to the riches of his glory, this is Jesus he's talking about, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love. Do you hear that establishment right there? Of, of Like being rooted, having roots that go down deep, right? Established, being rooted and grounded in love, that you may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So what's he saying in here? That the Spirit, the first thing he says is that the Spirit would strengthen our inner being, as if like our souls are not strong enough to contain Christ. Because that's the next thing he says, that Christ is gonna dwell within us. He said, But first, the spirit's gonna strengthen your inner being, then we're gonna like Christ is gonna dwell within you. And then you would, and then the last part of it is that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Like, that is being established in Christ. All right, so I think we can do the same thing with this. Like, okay, when we're pausing, we say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to give everything and everything to you. It's like the surrender, this is letting go. So what then, once our hands are free of these things we've been holding on to, there's a sense of then, okay, now, God, would you fill us with your spirit? And we can do that same thing. I think we're going to just pause right again for a moment and just practice this. All right, so how do we do this? Well, we're just gonna ask Jesus by his spirit to strengthen my inner being. So we'll just pause one more time. And if you do this with me. You can keep your eyes open, you can close them. You say, Jesus, would you strengthen our inner being? But there are places within us that just feel weak, that we can't, that we can't do the things we need to do maybe we can't even like, comprehend or understand you, that you would strengthen us by your Spirit. And Maybe if you've never confessed faith in Christ, then maybe you're like, okay, maybe this Jesus thing is real, and maybe we want to ask Jesus that you would dwell in our hearts through faith. Or maybe it's just Jesus saying, Jesus, I love you, and I want to know the depth of your love for me, you say that again, Jesus. I love you. Just, I want to know the depth of your love for me.
1: So a faith
0: that leans in and starts with patience, surrender, and then it continues with a heart that is established in the love. Of Christ let's go back to the scripture and, and uh, finish this out back in James 5 uh, we're gonna start at, uh, I'm gonna skip over a little bit and jump to verse 10 It says this as an example of suffering and patience brothers take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord it says this in verse 11 it said behold we consider those blessed who remained Steadfast. You've heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And we actually going to stop there. He says in verse 11, Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. So if we are first being patient and practicing patience, and then we're establishing our heart, all these to lean in, and I think that last part of leaning in is what he's talking about what Job did, about remaining steadfast. Now, Job, in the Old Testament, is uh, I think it's technically one of the, the wisdom literature, and it tells the story of a man. It's kind of a crazy story, if you haven't read it, that there's this assembly in heaven, and all the, called the, the, the children of God are gathered together, and then there's one among them that's, it says Satan is the translation, but it's like the accuser comes before God, and God's actually kind of boasting about, well, I've got this man, Job, who's blameless in all the earth. And then the accuser comes in and says, yeah, well, he just loves you because you gave him all this good stuff. And then God says, well, okay. Well, let's see. Satan, you can do what you want to do with him. Just don't kill him. And, and so then the accuser comes down, and he, he kills all of his children, they all, they, all of his goods. He's a profitable man. It all gets taken away from him. And, and then, uh, you know, he comes down and then, you know, actually repeats and then Satan comes back and God's like, yeah, he's still, still blameless. And, then, and then, then Satan goes back and then he like afflicts him like with physical, just like, boy, like he's just in pain. And that all happens in the first two chapters. And then there's like 35 chapters of these friends that come in and say, come on, Job, like you must have done something wrong to deserve this. He's like, I didn't do anything wrong. And uh, Job's like, he's like, He actually kind of like, ah, I cursed the day I was born, and he's like lamenting, and he's struggling, but he never curses God. But then Job comes, and he's like, God, why is this happening? And then God comes up, and then God doesn't say, he doesn't, God could have said, well, yeah, well, Satan was going to challenge you, but he did, God, the answer that God gives Job, it seems like no answer at all, but it's, it's actually God just saying, look at what I've created Look at the majesty of this. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Basically, God's saying, my knowledge of things is so much higher and so much beyond. And so when it talks about the steadfastness of Job, you know, I see Job struggling in the midst of, of trial. I see, like, friends giving bad counsel to him. But then when he comes before, he recognizes the glory of who God is in his creation and at the end of Job, Job says, "Look, I'd heard about you, God, but now I see you with my eyes." And you know what he does in that moment? He 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 sees the difference between who God is and His glory shown through creation. And he says, and he looks at himself. and He's like, "It's like, who am I?" I have sinned, and he confesses and he repents. He said, like, "God, forgive me." And so this is what I when I say, "Why is?" James bringing up Job and like, "What do I see in the steadfastness of Job? Is his recognition of who God is and what his place and his need to repent and to confess? So how are we to remain steadfast in the love of Christ is to recognize and look within ourselves, acknowledge our own brokenness? Maybe in those places in our hearts uh, and we don't even see we need to ask God to show us. Like, show me how I'm how how have I been thinking about things that's just been wrong? How have I been thinking about you, God, that I just haven't acknowledged just your just supreme rule over everything? Because God is, when we when we confess our sins, this is, he says he, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, there's two, two apps that I've been using. Uh, one of them, uh, I've got a picture on the screen that, from John Eldridge. It's called the Pause app. And um, I encourage you, as you're going through this week, to, to try doing some of these. Like, whenever, whenever God, you know, if anxiety starts to come up in your heart, say, you know what, actually... You know what I need to do? I need to, I need to practice some patience here. I need to pause. And, and if you need some help doing that, this is a great app to do that. I think that QR code should take you in, and it'll take you to that page. If You can pull your phone out if you want to check it out right now. You can sorry, pull your phone, scan the QR code if you want, uh, or send me a message, or send somebody a message. They'll get it to me, and we can connect. Or just search the pause app. And there these, It starts with a one-minute pause. And you'll hear him read these words and say, you know, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. And there's another one, I actually didn't put it in the, in the slides, I didn't think about it until later, but the, this whole idea of confession and repentance, it's another app called Lectio 365, and um, they have one for the morning, a morning devotion and an evening devotion, and in the ev- every one of the evening devotions, it has this time of reflection, and it has these words, It says this about confession. It says, Father God, would you remind me now of the ways in which I have sinned today through negligence, through weakness, or my own deliberate fault, that I take a moment to confess my sins before you now. So just like we've done this two other times, I want to kind of wrap up with this, that we take this time, just this moment, to acknowledge, maybe, maybe just asking God, is there anything on my heart that I need to confess? I know that that um, you guys practice communion, and, and that's such an important part of coming to the communion table. It is confessing to God the ways that we that we're not right. So let's do this. Take a moment with me here, and we pray this again. Jesus, would you? Reveal to us if there are ways that we have fallen short. Father, would you remind us now of the ways in which we've sinned, whether through negligence, through weakness, through my own deliberate fault? As so I take a moment to confess these sins to you. God is compassionate and merciful. He is quick to forgive, to pour out his love. So if we're going to have a faith that leans in and remains steadfast with God, we've got to be honest about the condition of our own souls, the faith that works. So this time I'm going to invite the uh, worship team to come on back up. But I do challenge you. Can you take the next seven days for this one week Try this out. You know, when I said, when you feel some anxiety kind of creep into your heart, or you feel like you're just going to like, I'm going to just check out, you know, I'm done. Instead of like that checking out and stepping back, what would it look like to lean in? There's some resources like that pause app or the Lectio 365. Practice that patience. Hit pause. Say, you know what, I'm going to surrender this to Jesus. Or maybe it's that reestablishing your heart in the love of Christ, strengthening just that connection with him. Or maybe it's this remaining steadfast and acknowledging brokenness. So, I think if, you, if we try this, and again, you don't have to be, you know, I'm not sure where you are today in faith, but um, if you're not sure about the whole Jesus thing, like this is a great way to try it out. Like, You know what? I'm not sure about you, Jesus, but we'll just try what happens in your heart. As you say to Jesus, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to, can I just give this to you? And would you hold this for me? Cast your burdens on him. And just see what happens in your heart. Ask God to pour out his love and see, see what he might do in your hearts. So, and even James 4 says it, uh, verse 8 says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Maybe that's that 90 10. There it is. Draw near to God. Maybe it's more 50/50. I don't, know what the, I don't know. I don't know. But I encourage you, when you're tempted, to step back, lean in, and see what God does. Would you pray with me?